Welcome to The Way Freedom Flies. I'm Anthony. I hope that you've all had a blessed week. You are enjoying yourselves and you are preparing yourselves for what is to come and what God has for you. Um, I, it's, I think it's going to be an amazing um, next couple of years as God continues to work through us. I know that the, we get all of this uh, outside craziness each and every day. And we can't stop the outside craziness. We can't continue to um, just dwell on what is happening around us. But we have to control and be our own storms that God has had for us. And that we can create to be that part of God's army. I mean, God is, what he's doing is raising up an army, right? If you're a follower of God, you, you're working towards being and you, you are a part of God's army. And if and don't just ignore what God has for you. Don't just ignore what you're working towards, right? We are going to be the um, people that execute on his behalf, right? Throughout the Bible, you'll see that different, different people done different things. I mean, you know, apostles, Jesus, um, King Solomon, you know, Saul, Abraham, you know, Noah. All those people had different tasks that they had to do. Moses you know, Ten Commandments there, right? Different tasks to have each and every time. And this is just one of the aspects that we get to, you know, write down. We're not going to be written into the Bible, right? That's already, that book has already been completed. But what we are going to be able to do is be a part of the history that gets written, right? Is that your family's history? Is that your, you know, you maybe in a history book history, depending upon where you are at times, where you're going, I think that this is a huge opportunity for all of us. And we cannot forget that part of it. Now, um, we are all trying to strive to do better each and every day. We're trying to follow God. We're going towards him and keeping the values that he has given us. And in doing so, we hope that we continue down the path of excellence of what God has and what we're able to do to be able to defeat this evilness, this evil empire that's trying to get a hold and destroy not only our countries, not only our cities, not only our states, etc., but also our families and our communities. Right, every aspect is going down that line. It is going down, and we are meaning towards it. Now, we need a revival here in this country more than everything, and I think around the world. And we're starting to see that now. More and more people are getting plugged in. I was just at a Bible study. I was so happy to see all of the new faces and stuff of people who want to get back plugged into church and back plugged into learning about the gospel. I think that this is a very good sign of what is to come because godly people put into godly um, areas and or godly people put into areas even if it's in a secular area will do godly things and you need to have that good foundation so let's say you have a bad day you're going to fall back to that godliness that is there and one thing that i like to see on all of this is that when you're at your down moments uh, and, you know, those are the times that people love to pr pray to God and ask him for help. But those moments, you're going to fall back to God, and that's going to be the biblical side of things. Now, when you're at your highest moments, you're going to be thanking God for what he has done for you. And that's when you know that you've kind of had throughout your whole cycle of emotions and your whole cycle of stability is based upon that godly backbone. God is your backbone in that. Now, 
when we start with you know working on this one thing is is that if you're single you you have a splendid opportunity to be able to do this and to be able to really pinpoint of what is going on in your life to have that all the time now if you are in a family you get the great opportunity of not only doing this in your own life but then also have the stable possibility to bring up your children in the godly fashion as well as making that stable that staple of god in your life so that your children your family knows where its backbone is as well right we all have to be funneling back to the lord almighty and what he is capable of and the godly things that we're capable of doing is following it now we have to go back and listen to and look at and read and follow what god's baseline is your bible what he has said is what we have to follow what we have to start out with right that is our building blocks that is our you know first start of our foundation and our backbone and when you look at this right there's there's some things that we cannot be compromising on right we are the foundation of god and we have to be know where our foundation is is and where it starts and where it is completed because if we just kind of say hey you know what this foundation is um you know how i feel this day what's gonna do what's gonna mostly like think about getting um the most votes what is gonna be what most people like we're not is god in the business of what most people like is God in the business of what most people will follow? Or is the Bible pretty strict on what it is and what will happen? There is grace. There is stuff like that. But a follower of God is going to be, when they do have sin, is going to be going and asking for forgiveness and you know repenting over that. Whereas somebody that's not is just thinking it's a normal thing, right? We, we've seen this on abortion, right? If you, if people on the left think that now after the baby's born, it's still okay, right? There is no morality in that. There is no, you know, baseline of when it's okay and when it's not okay. It's just whatever you feel like that day. And that is not something God has in his things. Of It's something you feel like, right? He had the Ten Commandments <laughs> done so that you had a for sure baseline of what it is, right? It happens to be what what's kind of interesting about the Ten Commandments. It's, you know, it's the pursuit of freedom for each and every one, but not going over and invading on somebody else's freedom. It's it's kind of interesting. That just happens to be kind of the same concept the United States is founded on. Crazy, I know. Um, but in that, this is just another, you know, way of realizing that we have to have values and our values come from god we are have godly values and morals and this is the building block that we have now uh, i was looking at bryson's gray's uh twitter he you know i follow him and he had a really good quote this week or a really good um tweet i should say x whatever they're called these days <laughs> um if you're willing to compromise on your values to win an election you've sold your soul what are you selling your soul for? Are you selling your soul to God 
and believing this is what God has commanded me to do, I will follow him and trust in him for the results of what he has called me for. Because if I follow him on his laws, that this will then come and become fruitful. Is that something that you're doing? Or are you willing to go down the path of saying, hey, you know what? I know I can do this better. I, I don't, you know, this is not 100% logical of what God said I should be doing. So I'm going to do it my own way. Which one are you doing? I think that people should get, uh, should pay attention to it and should understand of which one they are going after because they, I personally think they really need to be going after is that your values are so built into you. Your backbone of what you go back on is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. When, we, when God's raising up his army, they will fall back on to God, not on to earthly things, not on to earthly beliefs, not on to what the devil has tricked you into believing. And this is one thing that we have to realize and that we always have to fall back to. I think that people willing to sell their souls for certain things, willing to adjust their values because they think it's a better opportunity in the end, have missed the point of what it is that they're standing on. They have adjusted and they've, they've put a chip in their foundation that will come crumbling down. Unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of politicians that do think this way. And that is one very sad fact. And I think that now the population is understanding where that is. Because I'm seeing more and more people that are willing to not adjust on their values because they realize one thing. And we realize this, and everyone should have realized this a lot in the 2022 election. That when you go on your values, or go on your, when you, or when you adjust, excuse me here, let me start over. When you adjust your values to what you think will win you an election, the fruition of what happens does not come to what you thought. Bryson Gray did a great walkthrough of the demographics and um, how adjusting for certain, you know, topics that were happening, abortion, etc. Um, he, he went on a couple of them, did not have the turnout that you would have thought based upon what you expected. And um, I'm going to I'm going to let you go and, you know. Going, it's a real Bryson Gray. That's um, his X handle, Twitter handle, whatever it is. CCG Bryson is just the name you'll display name you'll see right away. And you go take a look at some of his tweets, what he's gone through. He's got videos out there talking about this, but he did a really good job um, on this. And so I want to give him credit where credit is due because that was it. I mean, he's get he's done a really great job has great music i mean i i i was not a rap person until i listened to his music so um i, I like his music and i like listening to it so that's uh <laughs> it's amazing what you know godly music does to a person it really just sinks in and his homemaker song is just uh is another good one you know 
the I have to say women that's that want to stay at home and that stay at home and do a job in the home taking care of the home and taking care of the kids you guys have some of the um, most underrated jobs out there but I have to say I very much appreciate you taking care of the families and are you taking you know taking care of those kids taking care of that family taking care of those things because that is the foundation of being able to change the culture in a positive direction amazing stuff so i do i do appreciate that now now that i've you know gone off and <laughs> talked about god's army kind of what i wanted to do the let's kind of change a little bit and let's talk some you know crazy politics that we all have we're going to keep it pretty light today because i think um what we have to think about is um uh is a lot of what we have to think about there in the first part is just our callings to god and being able to be part of god's army and execute on god's army i think that's a that's a major thing that is happening um i kind of want to talk about uh let's see uh there is what what is there here? There's the thirty three trillion dollars that we've just crossed on the federal level, um, which is incredible, right? They have they're getting ready for it to be. Uh, uh, what is it? We're crossing that, and there's gonna be a government shutdown if they don't pass this. They're trying to get more money for your, for Ukraine and everything else. We just have to shut it down at this point. Um, I don't get why so many people are like, we can't shut down the government. It's going to be a horrible thing. Have you seen what how they're destroying this country? I mean, we're really worried about a shutdown because at some point they're going to, you know, spend anyways and not actually do what they should do. But I think that they really need to go through and figure out, you know, we need to start making cutbacks and we need to start getting this a, well, first off, we need to get to a balanced budget. I hate that term, but we need to not be spending more than we take in. Then what we have to do is live way below our means, way below our means. I mean, I'm talking, we have to, you know, cut this down so, so far that, um, it, it really needs to, um, we need to take a dent and we need to get back to um, even on the debt side. And we need to understand where that is because right now it is an astronomical amount of money that we are spending. And this cannot continue going forward because it, it, will, um, it will have a great detriment to future generations otherwise and even current generations. But when you think about this of how fast it is moving, is that you know it is it's going to pick up remember there was you know the debt ceiling doesn't really come into effect right until 2025 if i recall after the election i believe it is and so that's going to take a huge you know uptick i i don't see it really slowing down if you i've seen a couple graphs of how this has just been going up and it's crazy right we had covid that stimulus money which you know I was not, you could even go back and listen to some of the things I was not a fan of. And now you have all this other stuff that's coming to uh, fruition here. And you're having a slowdown in the economy and you're right, raising taxes. Now, people are like, well, raising taxes is going to benefit. Actually, you know, a lot of times in raising taxes, especially if you go into an economic slowdown, which we're doing, is 
most likely won't even keep the same tax receipts that were already coming in as before, right? Because then you have this whole aspect of it it having a issue where um, you have lower economic, you know, turnover and economic value there. So when you're trying to get this, guess what? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's not going to happen. So um, this is just uh, <laughs> some of the things I'm thinking about. But hopefully at some point that this is this will get corrected. Who knows if that will ever in the in the I I do think at some point it's going to get corrected because it's going to have to. I don't think that kicking the can off to all our kids and keep kicking it down the road is the right um, thing to do. But you know, politicians, you know, you, you had McCarthy here saying a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning to get the speakership, and he's gone back on it. Right? He said said stuff about no one knew this, no one knew that. We'll release the January sixth footage, and here we are. And we're having a huge problem with that um, more and more. And that's just, you know, some we, we have to realize that, uh, you know, he lied majorly and that we need to make sure that he is no longer uh, <laughs> part of that. You know, I, I think that he should lose his speakership over. He did not hold up his end of the bargain. And at this point, he should lose it if, you know, if we do something wrong in our job or whatever else, we are reprimanded. And when we don't fix it, we are let go at that point, right? When a company does something bad, it happens to be the company takes a financial hit. And if they are hit bad enough, they will have to, they disappear. And this is the same thing that government officials need to be doing as well. It's it's a very sad day that we're not going through and doing that. But you know, maybe we'll be able to go down that road and start understanding that when you do something bad, wherever you are, you know, especially in a elected realm, you have to own up to it. And then you have to not be part, especially a speakership again. If your district wants to elect you again, fine, but you should not be elected speakership. And those people that elect you speakership probably should then also, you know, when they go back to their district, they should probably be held accountable. And this is why you need to know who voted for speaker if they're not willing to maybe we just assume everyone voted for the speaker and they're all you know they all turned over right um <laughs> and then this goes for state speakers etc i think so i'm going to touch on some things here um and last little bit here on wisconsin stuff we you know i'm here in wisconsin i think that you know if you have something like this going on in your state it's going to be interesting now first i want to touch on is you know they are introducing a bill here i was looking at uh, my representative uh, and some of the stuff he's putting out there, which is uh, a bill called AB 379, which is, you know, the the Senate and the Assembly are trying to enact the following, which is a um, which, this bill is supposed to prohibit a political subdivision from requiring a permit for for or prohibiting the cultivation of vegetables or flower gardens on residential property not owned by public subdivisions. So, you know, if you own the land, you should be able to do what you want with the land. I agree. Um, this doesn't go far enough, but we're talking about uh, <laughs> uh, vegetable and flower gardens, right? Telling what you can and can't grow on your own land is a huge government uh, overreach. Now, I also think the government's doing this because they can then control 
kind of what the people can do, kind of what the people can eat, and kind of who can be delivering the produce in a certain area, right? They own all, you know, it's a socialist government type of thing. They own everything. They have control over everything. They have control over pathways. And it's really a bad thing overall, right? There is no capitalist society in that. Now, um, you know, when you're starting to grow this, right, your community and you work together, maybe you, a couple neighbors like to do this, a couple neighbors like to do that. You grow and you trade, you know, vegetables and fruits and everything else. All of a sudden you have that enabled economic value added in you're getting you know maybe a cleaner vegetable maybe a newer you know (laughs) not sitting on the store for ever fresher all this other stuff and here we are with it um having to be made into law because there's lawmakers that want to impede on the liberty of residents this is just i just don't get it you know, if if the land is, you know, what you own, why can't you actually, you know, take care of it? This, this is just beyond me. But um, at some point, you know, you have to kind of p- keep putting these out there and doing this stuff to do that. Now, you know, there I'm, I'm sure that there are ways around this um, as well. You put out certain things, like even if you were to, to put out a bat box, right, that becomes a you know, an unmovable thing, um, because it's, you know, home for bats as certain bats, I believe are endangered too, in certain areas. So, um, pollinators, we're probably going to have something for bees and stuff. So if you plant stuff for bees, all of a sudden, you know, a political person coming in and saying, you can't have to take that out. That could be another, um, issue, uh, you know, say what you want about these laws, right? I think that there should be freedom there. I you know, I like to call, uh, I like to have a garden and stuff like that. I like to have it. I mean, I, the bees are amazing. I love to have more bees, but um, I'm not going to turn into beekeeper at this time in my life. Uh, but, you know, having something like that, I think that there is a lot of value to, and we have to, you know, you know, me, me personally, I'm trying to take care of my garden, add value to the soil so that then I can have a better crop later on. That's kind of what I'm doing. But doing a law like this, because... You know, I've heard of places where they tell you you have to take out the flowers and stuff like this. I just can't baffle it of how, you know, the stupidity is at, you know, thing people don't liking flowers or something. Come on. Um, this is ridiculous at this point. But let's go to the Milwaukee Brewer Stadium. Now, um, this is an interesting one. So the Milwaukee Brewers do not own their stadium. And and I uh, I have been of the thing where I think that these teams that have these owners, they could, you know, raise money, whatever else, you know, heck, you could probably even buy ownership stake into a team if you help buy the stadium, right? They should have something like this. But the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium is very interesting. The Milwaukee Brewers do not own the stadium. That stadium is leased by the Brewers. Now, their lease goes through um, 2030, I think. or so. Yeah, I think like that. Um, or 2040 when you have these mutual um, agreements, but the stadium needs a lot of work. And the Milwaukee Brewers, since they do not own it, are not responsible for the repairs. Now, this needs uh, quite a bit of repairs and stuff like that and upkeep. And what would also happen is that then there would be additional heat and stuff in the Brewers because right now the roof only opens closed. It doesn't have, you know, heat but then it'll allow for um, uh, 
events in the wintertime and other events besides just the brewers for another moneymaker. But the current way that the brewers are is that there is a lease in uh, and in the lease that we had that Wisconsin Stadium District or the county stadium district has with the um, or it's called the stadium district has with the brewers is that they have to be required to upkeep that or the brewers have the right to leave because they would be in breach of that lease agreement in the, of that contract now this is a really thing so basically the taxpayers are forced to now this was signed in the 1990s the, the taxpayers are forced to pay for this um, you know upkeep in order for the brewers to stay so this is you know rock and hard place what do you do right do they have the brewers leave can they leave all this other stuff so the um, Republicans in Wisconsin state and uh, or in the state have came to an agreement with the team and they've been working on this since February where it's what about 700 million the team throws in uh, what is it a hundred and some 200 million up to two someplace in there the city and the town or the city and the county throw in some money that the stadium district is in because the stadium district was supposed to have money from the town and then the state will then also throw in up to 400 million I believe um, someplace in that realm so or 300 and some so this is you know you'll see Tampa Bay Rays are 1.2 billion dollars for their new stadium I believe and this is just to upkeep it bringing it up to where it needs to be and everything else now my you know like I said I think that they you know if the Brewers owned it they should why am I throwing in public money right I don't think that that is a thing that should be done but there's this lease agreement in there that we're that we're bound to because somebody uh, I was not <laughs> talking about 1990 I would have been too young to even start talking about politics and to even know where to start looking at I didn't even live in the area um to even well i would uh, if it was if it's not year 1990 i wouldn't even be, even be able to read yet so uh <laughs> but this is the stuff that was signed before that kind of sticks it to future generations of being have to be able to do something even when you know it might not seem to be the right thing to do anymore so when you're thinking about this and you're looking long term, you need to be thinking not just about, you know, how does it look currently, but about future generations of what's going to happen. There. And this goes back to our um, whole uh, debt stuff here. But getting back to it with this Brewer Stadium. So now there's a deal kind of in place. The governor still has to sign it and, you know, everyone kind of has to sign off and everything else. But it looks like to be a, a deal in um, principle. And hopefully this will, you know, be figured out at some point. But, I, you know, these are the things that need to be, um, that need to be figured out, right, at a high level. I would, if you're in Wisconsin, I'd like to see where you stand on this whole thing with the stadium district. You're kind of putting a rock in a hard place. The lease says that you have to upkeep it. Now, the, the stadium district is out of money. Um, and here, Wisconsin, the state is going through. Now, one interesting thing is the lease would be then going to 2050 and um, with this deal. And then after that, I think the ownership of the stadium then goes to the state, if I recall. So 
Um, if I'm wrong on that, somebody do correct me there. Uh, it's either that or the stadium district. I, I think it's the state with, with how, how much money they're putting in. Hopefully it goes there. But this would allow, you know, more venues, events, everything else. You know, do you make your money back? I'd like to see that those numbers a little bit better. But this is kind of what's been happening here in Wisconsin. Let me know if you're if you're in a different area, even a different country, how your stadiums are, are dealt with. You know, um, I guess you know with so many public money going into these stadiums, it's kind of shocking that no one's just been like, hey, um, the new trend is I'm going to own the stadium and I get 100% of the revenues and stuff like this. But we'll see where that goes and. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes here. So hopefully um, you're all having a blessed week and you continue with that. Next week will be another God's blessing in your life. I'm praying for all of you out there. And um, thank you so much for listening to The Way Freedom Flies, supporting it. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, God bless.